Welcome to the ins and outs of selling a business featuring Keith D, a presentation of Osage Advisors. Welcome back to the ins and outs of selling a business. This is David Yaz with the Boston Podcast Network and alongside me virtually anyway, as usual, is the president and CEO of Osage Advisors, Mr. Keith D. Keith, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Dave. I am doing great this morning. I got my second vaccine yesterday, my second shot, right. and I'm here at the desk. I feel great. <laughs> I'm waiting for that 15-day period to, to pass us by. And, you know, it's the first step in getting back to some kind of normalcy. So we're really excited. And on top of that, it's opening day for the Red Sox. Yes. So <laughs> as we record this, yeah, one day delayed. They got rained out on April Fool's Day, but that is exciting. I'm between shots one and two. So, Good. You, so feel, uh, you, you feel okay after shot number two? You know what? My arm was uh, a little sore last night. I took a couple Tylenol. Woke up this morning. It's, you know, it's a little bit sore, but you know what? I got up, took the dog for our, our normal two-mile walk, and I feel great. That's so great. I encourage everybody out there, uh, you know, get your vaccinations when you have a chance. And so we all can meet down the road. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a great day yesterday. And the first step or next step in a long recovery process for this country. So we're yeah. very happy. Yes, indeed. Finally, these days, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is great. So today, the topic on the table is the right fit for a business. So we've talked a lot on this podcast about the components of how a deal comes together and things that will spur it forward and then other things that may pose challenges. But the right fit is a topic unto its own. So let's just start with telling us why that's important. So, you know, exactly. So we talked in the past about, you know, likability of, of a potential buyer, but, you know, you may like somebody, you may not be the right fit. So, you know, I was thinking about this because we, we have a company we're working with right now. And at the top of the list is that, is it the right fit? And we had a call with a potential buyer and he was passionate about how important it was to him. He's been in the business over 25 years. He has a marquee reputation within the community. He is high standards and he wants to feel that this works for everything he's created. They see my vision and they want to take it to the next level and they share my, my, my passion, you know? And so I was literally walking the dog the other day after the call and I said to myself, you know what? We should talk a little bit more about this because, you know, it's a very condensed process over six, nine months. There's a lot of things happening from various angles with consultants and the legal and the due diligence, and you're trying to run your business. And, you know, sometimes you kind of lose sight. Does this work for me? Are they going to do what I envision this company could be? And maybe I'm a part of it. Maybe I'm not. So, what happens is that, like I just said, is that you get very you know, bogged down in the process. And then as an advisor, you know, here, you know, myself at team at Osage, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, just listening. You know, it's listening to what we're hearing, not just on, you know, the technical aspects of the legal documents or you know, you're off EBITDA by, you know, 200,000 when I renegotiate. It's kind of listening to our client and watching their body language. And then it's important for us to kind of, you know, bring it up because 
you have to be sensitive to those aspects of the business because if it's not the right fit, we should know that sooner than later and find ways to, you know, to find out what the misconceptions are or to get the buyer and the seller together in a room virtually or, you know, in person or talk it through with both parties, make sure that, you know, we're still on the same page. You know, we talk culture is one thing, one aspect of it, but you know, it's the passion. It's the emotion. It's everything that the business owner, he, she's put into this over their lives of owning his company. And, you know, you have to really focus on it. So let me interrupt you for one sec, Keith, just ask you in the example that you brought up earlier, I know you're not going to mention your clients by name, of course, but is it an industry thing? In other words, will the parties feel more comfortable if they are squarely in the same industry? Does that sometimes pose a hitch? Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it an industry thing. I think it would be more of a, a strategy thing. You know, is like they may. So the buyer that we're talking to, they have a division that is in the same industry of my client, but they also have several other what I would call verticals that they that are around my client's business. So, but it, it wasn't anything to do with that. It had to do with the connection, mm-hmm. and and when the we you know once our client he he went on for. We had an hour and a half Zoom call and he, you know, really just talked about the passion and the fit and his background and and where he sees this going and what's going to make the right decision for him. And then the buyer was, you know, very attuned, very listening. I mean, I I give them a lot of credit. They weren't interrupting. They weren't like, you know, they weren't going about what the financials or we need to talk about this. They let him talk through and get it off his chest of what was important to him. And then they started talking about their culture. And how they treat their employees and how they have, you know, how they have their, you know, various ways of promotions and expansion and growth and how they're just not a house that brings in staff for a specific job. And then they let them go. You know, they're like, we, we hire people, we nurture them, we grow them. We have apprentice programs. We want them to build a long-term career with us because they see our vision. And so I'm watching this on Zoom. Of course, it would have been much better if we were in a room together because you could really see the body language. Yeah. And I'm just listening. And I can see my client getting excited about this aspect because he started seeing, feeling a connection. First meeting we've ever had. The buyer's 3,000 miles away on a computer screen. Mm. Right? So, but you can see that he was kind of, you know what? They kind of share my vision. They kind of share my passion. They kind of share, you know, everything that I find important for myself and my employees. So that in itself is a hurdle that is important to address and, and make sure your client is comfortable with. Again, it's not the only thing in a deal, but it could, you know, it could crater a deal if our, you know, our client starts to get a, a negative vibes from a transaction, a negative feelings. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to cut this. We're going to do that. And you know what? We, we had another client, same kind of thing. It wasn't much as so the fit to them was that taking care of my employees. They knew that. 25, 50%, 70% of the buyers looking at the company. They knew what they wanted, were going to do. They were going to shift manufacturing 
to a facility either uh, in the Midwest or Southeast, keep a small office here, and you know, seventy people have a choice: either move, either move to Georgia or South Carolina, or you're out of a job. My client would not have it, mm. and it was at the forefront of his questioning. You know, what's your vision for our company? What what's your vision for our facility? You know, what do you, you know, where are you guys coming from? I mean, there's no guarantees, but the way the buyer presents now for in this case, the buyer who won the auction process that we run, the buyer who presented said, this is going to be our bulkhead for future growth in the United States. Whereas this other buyer who had actually a, a better offer on the table said, Hey, we'll, you know, we'll sign a lease for a couple of years and we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And so my client, was like immediately started pulling back. I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't see the fit. I am concerned that they're going to shut this thing down and I'm going to be two years from now walking down the street and I'm going to see some former, my employees, whether senior management or people on the floor, and they're just going to shake their heads. And I can't live with that. It's not going to work for me. So, so, that, so you mentioned so, some things, Keith, that it seemingly could be placed in the agreement. Are, are those sort of, to what extent can you ensure that the culture you want continues by actually putting it down on paper? I imagine sometimes yes, sometimes no. Well, you know, the passion you can't put on paper, the cultural fit, the, you know, how you read the buyer, you can't put on paper. But what you can do, there's a couple of things you can do. One is you can do your due diligence on these people. You know, just don't accept them for what they are. I mean, even the best buyers, they own, they've bought and sold companies in the past. So you can speak to current owners who have sold their companies and stayed on, former owners who have sold their company and stayed on for a couple of years and then, you know, retired. And we encourage that. In fact, we almost insist on that with our clients that you, know, you need to pick up the phone. And that way you can get a sense of what these guys, what, what I'm reading from my, you know, 3000 miles away, which is, which I find, you know, comforting for me, if it's true from prior experiences, because most of the buyers that we bring to the table have, are, you know, they're in, have made multiple acquisitions. So it's not like it's just the first one and done type of deal. You know, you can put things into an agreement that will protect somewhat. For example, we, we look to negotiate with this other company that wanted to stay there for two years lease and say, look, that what will, so my client was flexible and he wanted to make it work. He said, look, I'm happy to sign a two year lease, but if you commit to not moving the company, you know, from a 50 mile radius of where it is today, you know, that one, one that's going to, they're going to have to show their cards. Right. And two, if they say no, then you know exactly what their plan is, right? So, I mean, actually the same, but so we presented it. We spent a lot of time talking about it because I really was, you know, I mean, it was really important to this owner. And I said, uh, what if we did something like this? What Would that be enough for you to commit to moving forward? And he said, yes. So I presented it to the buyer and they said, no. So my client said, forget these guys. Right. It's not going to work. They're not a fit for us because the number one priority for me is my employees. He's very successful. 
you know, obviously he wants to, you know, maximize his value after 40 years. But at this point, my, my employees are as not, if not more important to me. So, you know, we just, in every deal we're working, we're in the midst of a deal right now where we haven't closed yet. We're hopefully to close within the next 30 days. And, and, and we've had multiple, con- we, have a, we have a weekly meeting with the buyer and our seller. And I, I talk off a lot. My client calls me, uh, you know, 7.30, quarter of eight every morning, you know, and just talks. I say, okay, what's on your mind? What do you need? How is it going? How do you see it? And he's really excited. From the day one that we started, I mean, because sometimes these things change. Right. Sometimes you get really excited. And then when they start looking, you know, due diligence, which we haven't really talked in detail about, you know, it gets very stressful, demanding, et cetera. And we'll talk about, you know, down the road, but he still has the same gut feeling that he had when we signed a letter of intent. And we had, you know, we had, you know, nine offers on the table for this business and there was four really compelling offers, but he felt something, a connection to the CEO of this business that he said, these are the right guys. As we said to me, these are the right guys to take my company to the next level. And so we, I ask them every morning, we talk. I mean, it's not every morning, but you know, it's at least three, four times a week. So how are you feeling? I said, I, I am very excited. Nothing has changed my mind. I know these guys are the right guys. I have a great connection with their CEO and I am excited to get this thing going. And in fact, at the end of the day, he's going to re- reinvest some money. Mm-hmm. And even though he's not going to be leading the business, he's actually going to reinvest some money with this company and consult with them for a year or two years. But he thinks his money, the opportunity that presents itself, it's better to put the money back into the business to grow it, to create greater value versus going into the stock market or bond market or real estate or a bank account. So, He's still passionate about it. And it, for him, from day one, these are the right guys. It's the right fit. I take it so, it's, it's important to you in your role to make sure something like this is, is the right fit. Because if six months, a year down the road after the fact, it's, it becomes clear that it wasn't a fit, then that speaks to your integrity. And so it's really, to me, such an effective example of why you do what you do well is you you vet these things out ahead of time. Do you have occasion to revisit deals that you've done in the past and see how, whether it has been borne out that it is a culture, cultural fit? Yeah. So we, I always stay in contact with former clients. I mean, I spoke to one of our clients, you know, and there's a couple of them on our website with, with video testimonials. I check with those guys, you know, two, three, four times a year maybe play around the golf, grab some dinner, see how they're doing. One's retired, one's still working. And I always ask, how's it going? And, you know, they, they couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. You know, they are very excited. One whose retirement is, couldn't be happier. Other one who's running the business and says, hey, I'm having a blast. And, you know, it's not going to happen every time, but, you know, we just closed a deal this, this prior Monday and, you know, the three owners and, I called them all up afterwards. We're going to get together after, of course, I've just had my vaccine. So two more weeks, <laughs> they're all my age group. So they all had their vaccines last week. So we're saying, okay, end of April, we have a date on the calendar. We're going to get together for dinner, probably sit outside, enjoy, you know, and just celebrate. But I called them and I said to them, I said, congratulations. You know, I said, this has been a long road. You all have worked immensely hard to get this done. I think it's the right buyer for you guys. I'm excited for your futures. Two are staying with the business. One's going to retire. 
And, you know, I look forward to getting together and celebrating and continuing a long, a long friendship. I mean, I've gotten to know these guys over the years. And, you know, one, one, one said, I am so happy right now. I mean, I'm inundated because, you know, I'm just trying to enter integration with the new business, but everything that I've seen through this process has got me more excited than when we started it. So you have to stay in contact with your clients. You know, you know, it, they put their, essentially their financial, their lives almost in your hands for nine months. And so, yeah, so the answer is we always stay in contact. And, you know, we've had a, a very happy, satisfied client base. And on, on the contrary, we have a couple of deals out there, you know, you know that, that aren't done yet, that, that, that we pulled back from the market because of COVID and, or whatever reasons. And I, I spoke to a client that, you know, we're probably looking at uh, 2022 to go back to market. And I speak to him, you know, once a quarter, he needs some things outside of what my expertise is, a financing, a bank, a consultant to do things like that. I give him multiple, you know, referrals, check these guys out. They think they can really help you out and whatnot. And he always calls me up and says, you know, I really appreciate everything you're doing for us. We haven't sold this company yet. And it's going to probably be a three-year, by the time we get done, it's probably going to be a three-year ordeal because of COVID. But he constantly texts me and says, hey, thanks for sending me that article. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very appreciative of us just kind of seeing how they're doing, checking in with them. You know, we don't just, you know, again, it's about building a relationship, a trusted relationship with our clients so we can be honest and frank with them. If you have a seller that is, has their doubts about the culture of the new company, the buyer, you, you of course you mentioned you get, get them together and have them hash it out. That's one way. Are there any other things you can do? Say you've got a potential seller who says, I just feel like I don't have the whole picture. Could the buyer submit some kind of mission statement? Could something like that be put on paper that could persuade them? Or are there any other things you can do to dig deeper? Well, I think it, uh, the proof's in the pudding is that you really have to talk to people. You have to have conversations. And we're not the people to do it. I mean, we're happy to make the call on your behalf, but I think you need to hear it directly because it's almost like a customer satisfaction service. You know, you have these independent agencies, they call out and say, hey, how's your relationship with, you know, with David Yaz, right? And what, what do you like? What, what, what can he improve on? What has been, you know, the highlights of the relationship and what are the things, you know, you're, you're not uh, overly happy with, but, you know, if he, he does the following thing, you would make you ecstatic, right? And the answer is you have to pick up the phone and make the calls, and, you know, to get comfortable and, you know, you can pick up a call and for our business, you know, people always ask for references. I'll say, I'll give you references of people that we close deals on and people we haven't closed deals on. You know, of course I talk to them first, but we are who we are. You know, we are committed to establishing a mutually beneficial relationship with our clients from a personal level that they trust us. And so we can, you know, understand their goals and objectives. And through our process, we deliver, you know, options for them to choose the best company that fits for them. So I think it's like anything else. You have to do your due diligence. And, and you know, on an occasion where we pick up the phone on behalf of our client, you know, we came back to this is what they said. I was very, you know, there was no hesitation. They're enthusiastic about the relationship. It went as planned. And I hope that gives you some comfort. Well, we are up against the clock a little bit here on this episode, Keith, but any final thoughts on finding the right fit for a potential acquisition? I, I just think that the, as a, a M&A advisor, it's our, our responsibility to just really listen to our clients, understand it, and then communicate back to them. And from a seller perspective, 
it's important to be communicative to your representation, whether it be your attorney, your accountant, or us, and back to what your concerns may be so you get satisfied. And if you're not comfortable, then don't do the deal. It's got to work. Wise thoughts as always, Keith. And I thank you, and I thank our listeners for listening to the ins and outs of selling a business. Keith, why don't you please remind our listeners how they can get in touch with you for more info. So you can always visit our website at um, osageadvisors.com or feel free to email me at kdee at osageadvisors.com or give me a call at 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. And and congrats on the vaccine. Good news all around today. Appreciate it. (laughs) And let's go Red Sox. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. You go to pod617.com for the entire library. And we thank you for listening to the ins and outs of selling a business.